Yes! Over the line! What we've got here is failure to communicate. I want winners. I call that bold talk for a one-eyed fat man. And here are your hosts, RJ Young and Brandon Drum. What's up, kinfolk? I am back with Brandon Drum. This is Young and Drum. We're going to talk Tim Kiss retiring. We're going to talk moves made by Alex Grinch, such as they have been or could be. We're going to talk about potential replacements for Tim Kiss. We're going to talk about Jaden Hazelwood. And we're also going to talk about, yes, Kyler Murray. This is something that, well, we decided to just start running the pod because Brandon and I were just thinking out loud about this. If you heard the scuttlebutt, you know that now... NFL folks believe that it's in play for Kyler Murray not necessarily go to the NFL, but return to Oklahoma in 2019, leaving both the baseball money and the NFL money on the table to come back and play another season of college football. Brandon, dude, I don't buy it, but you don't buy it. Like, you go go into your thinking on this. Okay, so why would he come back? Like, that would have to be the worst business decision ever right am I, am I crazy on saying that because yeah he may be able to renegotiate his contract and say well i just want to see if i can get this national title that i've been chasing and dreamed of my whole life because i love football so much and i don't know if it's necessarily him loving football or him realizing that man the just being in the minors and, and the travel and all the bull crap you have to put up with being small town, uh, you know, single A rookie league guy that you're not making hardly any money, your per diem's like thirty bucks a day, and you're having to eat like fast food just to just to stay fed and stuff like that. I mean, that to me is more of the issue than the spotlight. Now, don't get me wrong; I think Kyler Murray loves the spotlight. I think he feeds off the spotlight because he's been in the spotlight ever since he was a sophomore in high school. So I think him getting that taste again this year at Oklahoma where he was the guy, he wins the Heisman. He's one of the greatest players in college football history uh, for a single season. And that just goes away when you go to the single A. I don't know that he wants that. So that part I can believe in him wanting to come back and kind of wanting to renegotiate with the A's. But the other thing is, is if he goes back to Oklahoma and say he finishes first or second or third for the Heisman again, which means he had a really good year and Oklahoma's in the national title or and or the playoffs again, I don't know that he ever steps foot on a baseball diamond. Okay, you know so what I mean, like I don't so, think that happens. So if he doesn't go to the NFL, I I look, I mean, look, I, I I understand what you're talking about with baseball, but the NFL money is stupid for quarterbacks. Meaning, yes. if he was playing a different position, I would 100% believe that he's playing baseball this spring right now. And I get what you're coming from when you talk about he's been in the spotlight and he likes to be the quarterback at Oklahoma. He's coming off a Heisman Trophy winning season. He understands that he has offensive assets at his disposal. And he also knows he would be unchallenged as the starting quarterback in a way that he wasn't at this time last year. That said... It's not just the baseball money. It is that if you would just say out loud, I am going to play professional football, you're going in the first round. If you go 32nd, you're going to make more money than you would with your baseball contract. If you go number four, number three, if the Oakland Raiders do something stupid and decide to perhaps throw this money at you, you're not going to say no. But the problem that really is in my craw isn't what NFL reporters are saying. It's what one guy is saying. It's what Gil Brandt is saying. Gil Brandt put two things out here. He said, I wouldn't be surprised if Cliff Kingsbury was an NFL coach in 2019, and I would not be surprised if Kyler Murray returned to Oklahoma in 2019. Now, with the Cliff Kingsbury smoke that has thrown, just yeah, blown up in Lentuan's face. He's right? going to win that one. Yeah, but, but the fact <laughs> of the matter is, Gil was on the money when he was talking about folks really want Cliff Kingsbury in the NFL, so why would he lie or put out there that Kyler Murray couldn't return to, uh, to Oklahoma? And this, on top of all of it, is Gil Brent was the guy that went up to Bob Stoops and said, hey, Bob, I got this guy for you. He is at East Carolina right now. Hire him so you can get back to where you were offensively, and what happened? 
Not only does Oklahoma get back to good overnight, but Lincoln Riley is the it guy in college football today. I just, it's really a conundrum, but I just don't, you, if you, yeah. if he does what he did this year, right? And he wins, let's say he does it again. Let's say four, let's say 5,000 yards all purpose, 4,000 yards passing, 1,000 yards rushing, another Heisman Trophy back-to-back winner. He'll still be a year older, in which case you still have delayed your professional future. You're you're not as much of a commodity because you have more years of playing the game of football on you as opposed to playing that pro uh, that that playing as a pro in 2019. I just it just doesn't like you're saying business wise. No, it I doesn't make it doesn't sense. Make sense. It doesn't. But but I guess the the kind of the the, the be the devil's advocate here. I I just feel like. It really could happen. Like we're sitting here saying no because we don't believe it, but then when you sit back and you look at it, and you're like, man, he really could because he could he could really like it. Maybe the NFL guys aren't telling him he's going to be a like a getting the money that he that's, wants to. That's or, the thing or, that or I think you're hitting on him behind the scenes. Look, if you come back and perform this way two years in a row, you're going to be a number one draft pick. No, like, that's that's th- the thing. So I think. If you're even entertaining this, you did not get a favorable grade back from the NFL, which seems bonkers to me. It just means stupid. But if that's the case, then yeah, that's the only thing that I could really think about. But still, do you really want to give this money back and not just go play baseball? But I don't think he would give the money back. I think what would happen is is the NFL team that drafts him, he would work that in the contract that they pay back the $4 million. And oh. they just kind of give him like a instead of a fifteen million dollar signing bonus to sign on a first rounder, he gets ten. No, no, million. and that makes sense. What I'm saying is, <clears throat> it doesn't make any sense to just play football in 2019 for Oklahoma. It no, just, I agree with you there. That's that's no, what I'm coming at. I'm not saying that that he can't work out a way to-, to where he doesn't financially have to pay f- that four million dollars that he'd be given back because I think he'd keep like one point three according to uh for I think it was. I think it was Baseball America I read that. He'd give back maybe basically three-quarters of the contract, which is fine, mm-hmm. right? It, it's funny money to him at this point. But I just don't see a line that is, hey, I'm going to play for Oklahoma in 2019. Also, I'm going to give all this money back so that I can play for Oklahoma in 2019. Also, but he I— he, I heard they're trying to—you know, I'm sure you heard the same rumor. They're trying to rene- renegotiate it to where— 2020 is when he shows up to spring instead of 2019. Sure, and I think Billy Bean has been on team Kyler Murray from jump, and I don't. I think he's going to try to make this work as much as possible for for Kyler. But I'm just, I get the love of the game. I get that you love being a college football player. I get that you love being the quarterback at Oklahoma, and I get that you want your victory lap with the Heisman Trophy and another opportunity to make a run at this thing called the national title. But if I'm your dad, and what we know about Kevin what we know mm-hmm. about his situation. Yeah, exactly. You, you go play professional sports. He does, at this point, I don't think it even is that they care that he plays baseball or football. I think it's that they care that, yo, man, you only get so many years to play this sport, either one of them, and you want to play them professionally for as long as possible. We're a week away from knowing this, so I think it's January 14th. Right, January 15th is the deadline 15th, for, 15th. Okay, yeah, yeah, 15th. for early entry. So we wake up on January 16th, and he hasn't declared to the NFL. Be bonkers. Dude. dude. Now, <laughs> now, we've been, you know, we have been wrong on this. Po- I say we've been wrong. Uh, we've hedged on this podcast, uh, even in the sh- yeah. short amount of time we've been doing it. But for the most part, our thinking has lined up with what has happened. So with that in mind, I kind of <sighs> want to ask you about this with Kyler. Knowing what you have at wide receiver, knowing what you have at running back, also knowing that you get a new defensive coordinator. That the new defensive coordinator is where I think his whole mental thinking of coming back is coming from. He's like, man, we might actually be good on defense with that offense. I mean, but you're, I man, that you're asking for a huge turnaround, and I want it to happen as much as anybody else does. All you need is top fifty. Yeah, well, but I mean, a top fifty is literally doing twice as better as you did in 2018 because you regressed in 2018 67th in 2017 yeah right to like 108 they return everybody so they should be able to do it in theory they should be able to do it if because i think the new i think i think everything leads to new newness 
So there's a new scheme, there's a new coach, there's a new voice, there's a new culture, there's all this newness. And I think we've seen it before. And we saw it with the offense. I mean, the offense was freaking putrid at Oklahoma before Riley showed up. Well, and, and I get, yeah, and I guess, man, you're asking for lightning to strike twice there, dog. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, but I know that's what that's I know that's what Kyler's thinking. You know what I mean? And I think you agree with me on that. Kyler's thinking, man, what if? What if? I mean, he's hedging on what ifs, even playing toying with this, and the fact that he hasn't come out. Like, why wouldn't he have already come out? Like everybody else has. Everybody's come out going to the NFL, and here's the Heisman winner just sitting back, chilling, kind of waiting his turn. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Uh, I, I get okay. I get the mastermind aspect of this. Um, I just no. I don't think he's staying. Okay. I just. I, I just. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, I mean, it makes short, you sit back short and of, think, what is going on? Uh, well, and that's kind of that's the thing, right? And and this has been a very closed conversation. I don't know about you, but like I've been digging on this. Like we dig on a lot of things all oh, the time. Oh, I have. I'm, I'm, I'm right. The coaches association asking, what the hell are y'all hearing? Right. And everybody hears, they're hearing the same thing that's being reported, like, he actually may come back. And I'm like, what? Well, and then you're getting mixed I can't messages. believe this. Like, well, I can't get, I can't wrap my head around it to believe it. I'm sitting here saying all the things to, that is, like, out loud to make myself believe this. But then when I sit down and think, I'm like, this is bull crap. There's no way this guy's coming back, right? Right? I, I, mean, I look, look. You're, then you begin to mixed messages. No, but 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 then you get mixed messages from the coaches because if we if we are to believe other reporters who are just as good in some cases very good at this kind of information, it's that Oklahoma football coaches were saying, "Hey, he's going to the NFL." Two NFL scouts. Now I get wanting. I get wanting to protect your kid and I get wanting to give him every opportunity to succeed but also you got your own reputation on the line here man and there's only so many people that would that would let you off the hook with hey you told us he's going to the NFL and you're going to be like well you know I'm not in the family's conversations well I mean you're you're as close as you can be or at the very least be like yo hey I think he's going to the NFL but we haven't heard that from Kyler and his family I just there's too many people that don't actually know anything for me to believe that he's going to return. And yet you're at the convention and you're hearing from other folks that, hey, man, we think he could return. Yeah. And that's what I'm, I'm like. I can't get my head wrapped. I'm like looking at people like, uh, yeah, OK, I'm like, sure, sure. And then they explain themselves. And I'm like, man, that's great and all, but. And then, and then you you brought up like the key thing like Gilbrandt like him and Lincoln Riley are so tight so I mean it just the fact that this is actually being put out by Gilbrandt kind of gives it legs. No, that's the only thing that gave it legs to me. That's the only thing. I know that's what I mean. That's I don't care what. And even when I asked sources inside the program, I got literally was response to me was, "Come on, man, you both you and I both know better than that." And I'm like. Then why why is why is Lincoln Riley's best buddy out there, old man Brandt, putting stuff out like that? And I just don't. I uh, now he I said just, I, he said wouldn't be surprised, right? So he yeah, hedged. but he also said he wouldn't be surprised on other things, and it came to fruition. That's him hedging, not really hedging. That's him just kind of throwing that out there without really reporting it, and then it happens. And everybody's like, oh, there's Gil Brandt. There's there's what they call Brandt bomb in the NFL or whatever in the in the college and NFL ranks. And I just can't when he does that, it always happens. And that's where I'm just kind of confused. I'm like, I want to believe it, but I can't do it. And I say things that make myself sound like I'm believing it, but then I'm like, nope, it's not happening. <laughs> So, I don't know what to do. I, I, he just needs to come out and decide. Kyler, come on, man. Like I'm pleading with you. Just tell everybody what you're doing. Yeah, well, that's also par for the course with Kyler. I mean, you know, we both like him. We both like the yeah. family. But nothing with this dude has ever been short. It's Easy. always been a long, drawn-out process yes. for decisions. 
he's going to wait until the last possible moment to say something. And even when he does say something, he doesn't say a whole lot about it. It'll just be like, yeah, it's what I decided to do. Can you elaborate? I mean, I could, but not really. Just kind of shrug his shoulders. He's never said I could, but not really. It's kind of like, yo, were you sick at, uh, at that day that you missed the Orange Bowl, press, uh, Orange Bowl presser? I'm fine. You know, it was one of those. Like, he's just kind of... Yeah, he just didn't want to deal with the media. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. Right. And I think that's a big part of it. And that's the other reason why I'm thinking just go to the NFL because the circus around you is going to stay the circus around you the moment you say that you're returning to Oklahoma. And if you didn't want to deal with the media then... You're sure not going to want to deal with this now. Yeah. So I just, nothing here makes sense about the return, man. And I don't want to keep yelling that the kids should keep going play, for, he should, that the kids should go play professional football. But the kids should go play professional football. You know? Like, oh, and I was team yeah. baseball until, until you win the Heisman and until you're a first-round draft pick as a quarterback— that yeah man i mean go get your money go do this thing where you're going to be the guy right away in the nfl as opposed to like you mentioned being on a bus for three to five years at really bad i think it's below wisconsin is one of the stops midland texas is one of the stops vegas Ooh. is one of the stops well, i mean vegas is okay yeah. well yeah but that's triple a right so you got to get through beloit and yeah, midland I mean, before you yeah. get there and there's a lot of bad burger joints and a lot of back-breaking bus rides in between there. So the more you think about baseball, the more football makes more sense. And then you got this thing out of left field that says, OU. Now, I know there's some OU fans that are listening to this podcast that are going, RJ, stop with the bad juju about the Heisman winner returning to Oklahoma and be on the side of the kid being happy. Well, the kid will be happy making $30 million and playing quarterback mm -hmm. in the NFL, okay? So don't don't yep. don't hit me with that. I want these kids to go get the bag. That's what I want. You know, I think three years playing college football as an elite player is long enough. Go get your money, son. Like, what would be the what would be the worst worst possible spot for Murray to land in the NFL? Worst possible spot for Murray to land in the NFL. Jacksonville, right? Like, no, 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 no. Jacksonville's offense is I, awful. I bro. think you're think you're I think you're thinking about this wrongly. I think that no, the worst part. I'm thinking about like schematically. No, like I'm, I, I, and that's what I'm saying. I think that, I think it'll be a lot like what happened for Cleveland. If they're committed to the quarterback, they'll do what John Dorsey did, which was basically say, hey, you know what? We're going to use a few draft picks and we're going to sign a guy like Jarvis Landry because we don't want to totally suck. We don't want to be a two win team, but we do want to be presentable. And that's what they were able mm -hmm. to put together. They put together a presentable football team that overachieved according to everybody's expectations, which were, right. by the way, the floor. But if you're talking about a place like Jacksonville, the way that that doesn't work is if the general manager and vice president— well, if, Yeah, if, he's amazing. Right. Yeah. And if, if you're going to stick to this idea that you're going to throw the dude to the wolves, and I don't think that anybody's going to do that with their quarterbacks, and even Arizona didn't want to throw Josh Rosen out there. They just had to because Sam Bradford was— Kind of, sort of, garbage. So I guess the Raiders would be the worst spot. No, I don't. I don't even think that's true. That, I think the I think the worst spot would be a place where he wilts. I think the worst spot would be a place like Green Bay, where he's not going to play. It'll be like an Aaron Rodgers situation where you're just gonna let the kid wilt and he's not going to actually do the thing that you're paying him to do. I I think that you're gonna make it work if you're. Jacksonville. I think you're going to make it work if you're Arizona, and you're not going to draft him if you're Arizona. I get that. I'm yeah, talking okay. about looking at the draft order, and the Giants would be a great spot for him to be, right? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. just that just works. There's too many places in the NFL right now. Well, except for he doesn't like he doesn't the the New York media would probably be the circus that he really if he hates Oklahoma circus, then he's really going to hate New York circus. You know, and that's kind of the nice thing about the NFL is you could pull an Eli Manning and said. Don't you dare draft me, San Diego, and he'll and they'll do it. You know, you got yeah. a lot more leverage here, especially being you know your generation's Bo Jackson. I just I don't see a bad landing spot for Kyler Murray when we're talking about money. And if the situation doesn't work out and he looks a lot more like the Texas A&M quarterback than the OU quarterback, somebody mm -hmm. else is going to give him another opportunity to play quarterback because that's the way this league operates. So. I'm not really buying the doom and gloom scenario of the NFL. I just think that everything comes up Kyler Murray. Well, I'm trying to say here, I'm literally like looking yeah, at... Yeah, you're, you're looking at the draft order. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hmm. 
Where could he go? Well, I mean, but that's kind of it, right? I mean, you pulled Jacksonville out because it made the most sense. And there's there's reason to believe that because they don't know what their quarterback situation is because they thought they had Bortles. They paid him a bunch of money. Turns out he mm-hmm. can only win games in London. You know that San Francisco's got Jimmy Garoppolo for years to come. You know that the Jets are signed and married to Sam Darnold. Oakland makes sense to me just because you can shed Derek Carr. Yeah, Oakland's not... where I, that's why I kept saying it. Right. Oakland, Oakland, and Tampa, Oakland. I'll, Tampa makes sense to me because you don't actually have to pay Jameis if you cut him. Like I think I think the, the, the guarantee on his contract is for injury. I think that's the only mm-hmm. thing. I think they can cut him and keep a lot of their money. Uh, Detroit, you maybe. Know what, you, know where, you know what fits? You know what fits with him? Don't say Denver. <laughs> don't say you're a Denver fan, and don't you don't you dare say Denver. I was gonna say Denver. It's not Denver. <laughs> oh my god. Ah, you have nobody they to throw. You have no. You have nobody have to throw receivers. to. You got Emmanuel Sanders. That's what you got. You can't trust Cortland Sutton. Yeah, you, Cortland's gonna be so good. You can't trust Cortland Sutton. Who's your Who's your starting tight end, dog? Well, that doesn't matter. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes, it does, brother. He has your running back. You got got one running back. You can't trust Devontae Booker. Phil Lindsay got hurt. You have Philip Lindsay. You got one running back. This is not Dallas, okay? You can't build like Dallas built. Plus, you can trust Cortland Sutton. Plus, the moment John Elway drafts Kyler Murray is the moment everybody goes, oh, my God, how is he going to screw up Kyler Murray? But you can go in. You could go in the second round and get a tight end, and then you're, you're set. Who? Who can you go know. get in the second round right now? Isaac Nada? He's not going to be there. Okay. Well, then trade up and get get him in the late late first round. Oh, now you're going to hedge what? You're going to get. You're going to lose who? Bradley Chubb, Von Miller. Who are you going to trade for him? You trade future first round. You picks. know I'm poking you because you're a Denver fan, right? Yeah. Okay. I do. Okay. All right. I'm just. I want to be clear. Sorry, man. It's, it's, Let me I, live my dream. I freaking wanted Baker to begin with, and they didn't get that because the Browns freaking took him in the first pick of the draft. They weren't supposed to do that. The Broncos were supposed to get Baker. I got I got, I got, got Brandon going. I got Brandon going. They were supposed to get Baker. Like, Elway brought their whole staff and contingent down there to Norman. For all the, the folks that day. listen to the podcast who are like, yo, I can't hear Brandon, I bet you can hear him now. Yeah, I'm mad. (laughs) (laughs) So no, honestly, honestly, I think I'm going to I'm going to make a prediction here. The Washington Redskins are going to draft Kyler Murray. Okay. Yeah, no, and I agree that that was like the the other team in my head before I said Denver. I was like, man, but I I I refuse because I have a buddy that I I used for everybody doesn't know I used to be stationed out in Dover, Delaware right south of philadelphia and also by washington dc when i was in the air force so i have a bunch of washington redskins buddies that were stationed at dover with me and one of my good friends is a diehard redskin fan and i refuse to let him have this he has an ad he has trent williams he has tress way he has samaj p run i refuse to give him any more clout so i didn't want to even bring up the redskins I'm tired of hearing about them. <laughs> well, I mean, they're kind of. Talks they're, about they're, I mean, oh, I mean. Guys well, I was about to say you got a lot of Oklahoma guys at Washington. Yeah, uh, you you also got one in particular. I mean, like like the AFC in particular, right? But then I don't want to see him get there because I'm a Dallas fan, right? And that means I got to root against yeah. Kyler Murray. Which, well, I hate the Cowboys. So well, I mean, uh, get in line, dog. Get get in line. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's right. 24-22. That's right. Because the Chargers, because Rivers isn't nah, going to play much longer. Nah, Rivers is going to keep playing. I I think Rivers is on that. He's 50 or what? Nah, so Rivers has got the same mojo that Ben Roethlisberger has, and they're about to rework that dude and extend him. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Same thing with Breeze. And, of course, Brady. That group of quarterbacks is going to try to play until they're 50. Okay, and I don't think that the city of uh, of Los Angeles, I guess at this point, but San Diego is going to be enthused by you cutting Phil Rivers because Phil Rivers has become a saint in that town for two reasons. One, he refused to move because they won a playoff he, game. No, he refused to move, and they did win a playoff game. But check this out, man: they won a playoff game under the worst conditions anybody's ever had to be a playoff team. They don't have a home stadium. They basically play against the away team's fans all the time. 
Nobody expected much of anything yeah, out of their receiving Rams core. Really Hunter Henry goes really down, and you bring Antonio Gates out of retirement to play tight end, and then you get a season of seasons out of your defense, in particular a rookie named Derwin James, who's the dude I thought everybody should have drafted ahead of a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick, even though that dude won the Thorpe Award, and ahead of a guy like Denzel Ward. I just, I'm amazed at what San Diego, well, I guess, we're Los Angeles Chargers, have been able to do, and I'm in awe of what Phillip Rivers has been able to do, and now that he's basically going to be the runner-up for the MVP award, come on, man, you're not going to you're yeah. not gonna draft Kyler. Not this year. Uh, I don't know. I think you, I mean, why not? Because maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee would be another good spot for him because the, the Mariota's not going to. No, I think. I think he's, not, he's not cutting it. I, I think that they would sooner put Blaine Gabbert there. <sighs> I'm just telling you what, what I see, dog. Tell me what I see. You know, I, I'm telling you what I see. But I feel like we're we could continue Blaine to go Gabbard. on this and the, and the more that we go on this, I feel like I yeah, let's, let's, let's get, get back into just here. ribbing we you about Denver a little too far. Okay. And I wanna I wanna stop Den I wanna stop ribbing you about Denver. Um, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so Tim Kish retires at four thirty on Saturday, just mere like an hour, maybe an hour and a half after Jaden Hazelwood commits to Oklahoma on national yeah. television. We Freaking put out a couple of names. Out, out, out done there, didn't right, right, right. I was like, "Yo, Kish, you couldn't even you couldn't have waited a day." But that as it that that aside, Tim Kish, mm-hmm. forty three years as a coach, been at Oklahoma since twenty twelve. Came over with Mike Stoops, been coaching the linebackers. He decided to call it quits, which means that there is one uh, open linebackers coach position. I think two. I because I don't think that we've reported anything about Bob Diaco being gone. No, so Diaco, it's, it's like he's either going to end up back in like a administrative analyst role or he's going to find a new spot. And he's been – he has been – like we talked we talked about it on the board. He's he's looking – like the guy is trying to find another spot. He just hasn't been able to do so just yet. Right, 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 right. So the names that we put out there uh, – and you've been lead on this, I should say. Um, Missouri coach Brian Odom. Who you know is the brother mm-hmm. of Barry Odom, linebackers coach there, worked with Grinch at Washington State. Also, Roy Manning, who's at UCLA now, also was a linebackers coach at Washington State that worked with Grinch. Both of them seem to be like pretty great candidates. Uh, one fits a little bit better than the other because of roots at Oklahoma. I'm going to let you get into, but just real quickly, Roy Manning is that dude. Like I got a yeah. text from a like. There's this video that was going around. Uh, I think Sooner Gridiron put it out or found it and put it up <laughs> first. But it was like, "Yo, RJ, is this is this Talk like your pirate? Is this you, dude? Is this is this like your twin?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And then I saw the video and I was like, "Oh, okay, pure energy, linebacker coach, making videos, being funny. That's cool. Top ten pirate. Also, interviewed a cougar and a pirate in the same two minutes. That's winning for me. But Brandon, lay it out, dog. Yeah. So." Uh... With with Kish being gone, everybody needs to understand that you always have to go back to the Leach and Bob Stoops tree because that's that's if you're gonna find these guys, they're gonna have at least a connection to both these these coaches. These the one being the former Oklahoma great Bob Stoops and the other one being the Pirate and Mike Leach. So um, that tree with Riley and everybody. That is where you're going to find it. And it doesn't have to be Texas Tech light. I hate when people say that because there's been so many good coaches that have coached under Bob and Mike that it's not even funny. And they've been successful at not just Texas Tech or Oklahoma. We're talking about successful Iowa State, Alabama. I mean, everywhere. We The, the, the defensive back coach at Alabama was Texas Tech, guys. Like, Carl Scott was Texas Tech. So... I mean, that that whole notion has got to stop. But you have to go and you have to look at all that. So And and, and talk about Arizona. Arizona is another school that there's the connection because of the Mike Stoops stuff, which is also Bob Stoops. So it, wherever you find Bob Stoops' protégés, there's that connection back to Oklahoma, and that's where you're going to find the guys that normally end up a part of the staff. And with... Brian Odom, not only is he a former uh, GA under Mike Stoops at Arizona, Oklahoma, 
Um, he was very, very revered by the staff when he was at Oklahoma as a player. They loved him. One in particular, Jerry Smith, who taught him a lot about strength conditioning, and that's what Arizona hired him for. Then Washington State hires him as a defensive analyst and uh, quality coordinator. And then he only moves that. Now he's at Missouri as a linebacker's coach, and he is he's he's a guy when you talk to the people around the country that they think so highly of Brian Odom that he is a guy that's going to be raising rising through the ranks very fast. So for Oklahoma to go in and get this guy is a is a big deal if they can get him to come back. The problem with that is that he coaches under his brother Barry at Missouri, who's the head coach. And on top of that, he just had a baby 10 days ago. So I've spoken to people close to him and really, really close to him. As good as these sources I've talked to are as good as they get, I promise you, when it comes to Brian Odom. And he has yet to be offered the job. But there is has been, I mean, I can say there, there's talks have happened, but I can't say anything further than that because nothing. there's nothing to talk about right now. Like there's been no offer. And that is a quote I can go on record saying, no offer. And it's been up on our board on OUinsider.com. No offer has happened yet for Brian Odom. So do not think that that's just going to be a snap of the finger and it's going to happen because a lot of things have to happen. He's got a lot of family stuff up there in Columbia, and it's just it's really hard to move a 10-day-old baby. And on top of that, move your away from your brother underneath the staff. But he's going back to his the university he loves. He's also going to be going back close to his family. And he's from southern Oklahoma in the Ada area. He's got family down there, brothers down there, all kinds of stuff. So, And his dad and mom and everybody. So it, 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 it'd be a good move for him, but it's also leaving your brother. So everybody has to get that. Now, the Roy Manning thing makes sense as far as, you know, whether they want to move Odom to outside, inside, how they want to fit that. They need two linebackers coaches. The other the other thing they could do is move Ruffin to another linebacker coach because that's where he's he's been at for the most of his career outside of being at Oklahoma defensive line. He's been a linebackers guy. He played linebacker at college at East East Carolina, so that's that's another deal. So those are the guys and the names that keep popping up. And then you got Chip Viney as a possible corners coach, now with Cooks possibly being out uh, at Oklahoma at the defensive back. And I have yet to confirm whether Cooks is out or not. So I'm not reporting that before you people get on there and start posting stuff. That, oh, he reported this and that. No, I'm not reporting. I'm telling you that is I have on good source that that's likely going to happen and then it, they, there's talks but I can tell you 100% again it's been up on OU Insider if you're a member of our board which you need to be like I'm giving you little quippets but I mean I go into detail on this stuff and I tell you why more stuff to come that isn't, I'm never going to say on this podcast but um, then the, I can tell you Viney hasn't been talked to about anything yet either so this is all in the early stages guys it's all early nothing has happened yet and when it does you'll know first on ouinsider.com because we'll put it up there so you need to be members i guess this is us just like a selling point like really if you want to know all the coaching changes you want to know the recruiting scuttlebutt all that stuff you got to be on ouinsider.com because we are going to have we've had it we've had it like every day i've put up stuff today on all this stuff and I've gone into deep detail on this. So it's like I'm giving you like little nuggets that are very, very small in comparison to what you're going to get on OUinsider.com. So it's it's real, man. Like we've got all stuff. RJ and I have been all over this from day one. And I'm just going to jump in and say that you know that everybody's just going to run with it and say, hey, it doesn't matter that you qualified it, dog. I appreciate you qualified it, but that's – yeah, uh, what I, I what I what I heard is that that no, I'm not gonna do that. I am gonna say that I know personally folks that come up to me on the at the gym and are like, "Yo, are you RJ Young? Yeah, yeah, man, I'm I'm RJ. So what's so what's so? Are you a member? Oh, uh, well, yeah, I'm a member. Then why are you asking me? Because it's already there. And that's kind of how I treat this information. Matter of fact, yeah, that's a DM on on Twitter too. I get that all the time. Right, and I nah, man, yeah, no, but so for instance. Talk to a 2020 defensive back about Oklahoma, Jaden Hazelwood, and Alex Grinch. It is on the board right now. Talk yep. to a top a really good right up to there. a top cornerback 2020 about Alex Grinch. 
And what that dude's thinking, it's on the board. It's stuff that doesn't even make it into the videos. It makes it oh, onto yeah. the board, right? So, like, mm -hmm. we, we, we talk about this stuff because we like to talk about it, but we also give value to our members, and we appreciate our members, even the ones who prefer that this entire podcast be transcribed. <laughs> yeah. For which you are welcome to devote your time and energy to doing, Brandon. Yeah, no, no doubt. <laughs> that would take forever. That would be like that would be an all day affair, probably two or three day affair. But I mean, we 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 got a literally just for an example. There's something on the board right now about Alex Grinch, and I got quotes from a couple of parents that their kids spoke to Alex Grinch. One being a signee, the other one being a commit, and kind of talking about trusting the process and just how much trust and faith they put in Lincoln Riley and why they put so much trust and faith in Lincoln Riley and, and or Alex Grinch after just speaking to him after a couple of minutes, dude, it's got some, there's some killer quotes in that thing. So again, OUinsider.com, it's literally $8 a month. Like it's, it's a Starbucks coffee guys. Well, so I mean, and if I, you, and I, or, or, or fast food, or trip, you know what, basically. continue to be the person who listens to this podcast and yep. wants to know why we are continuing to flog the website that pays us a living wage. Or mm -hmm. just go there and sign up, and then you'll be just nodding along with the rest of us. Like, yeah, I know exactly what they're talking about. And yep. I appreciate knowing, being the person who knows more than the other person. That's, I mean, that's what we do. But let's move on to another subject, right? Which is, yo, what exactly can we expect in recruiting for the last month of the 2019 cycle because it is over on in February, National Signing Day. There's still a couple of slots left, but they're being judicious about them, and I don't necessarily think they're going to pick up guys that you, meaning the listener of this podcast, have in your head. So, Brandon, what do you got? I know what I got, but I... Yeah, I mean, there's David Uwebu who was down here, but I'm not going to go into detail of... Why he was not at the All-Star game, I'll just say that some issues arise and arose or arose. Is arise, arose, or whatever. They came arisen. up. Arisen. Arisen. And uh, they they came up, and uh, he did not perform, did not suit up. Um, we'll see if Oklahoma falls through with some of the stuff with him. Um yeah, he he he's a guy that Oklahoma really wants though because he's a really long athletic guy. He's a he's a good kid. I think he's just kind of mixed up with some of the wrong crowd a little bit. And uh if Oklahoma can get him up there and get him uh committed, uh it'll be a good move for Oklahoma because David Uwebu is a guy that I mean, you've got to be really good for them for the Armel American or whatever American family insurance people whatever they are. The U.S. Army, what I don't even know what it is anymore. I think it's anymore. Amway. I think it's Amway now, dog. I don't even know. It's it's the I know it's the uh, American Family Insurance All American Game, but I don't know who the people are that I, I know. It's Eric Richards. It, that it is, is that American Family him. Insurance. You're right. It's American Family Insurance. It's Eric Richards that did the invite, and they invited David Uwebu, um up. So you got to be really good. They they had already offered him months and months ago. But he waited too long, and he got filled. But an opening came up, and they put him in there, and he came up. He performed really well all week, looked really, really good, long athletic, really twitchy, really fast off the edge. Oklahoma was in a really good spot with him. Then you have Danielson Ike out of Kansas City, um, Missouri, the offensive lineman, that Oklahoma's in a really, really good spot with him. And that's about it. I mean, it's going to be a slow go for Oklahoma as far as 2019 goes, I would think you're going to look Juco with Grinch coming in to see if he feels like there needs to be some spots, some depth, some talent, you know, moved around here and there. Uh, so that's something to watch going forward is the Juco ranks. But other than that, it's on to 2020 and 2021, and they're really pushing that and really trying to get Grinch and the rest of the staff filled out so they can really go full throttle about what the next two classes going forward. Right, and I guess the other part was uh, just digging into the JUCO ranks. There were, there were a few guys that could end up getting an offer from Oklahoma. There's been some interest, uh, but it's really difficult at this late stage to get somebody that you absolutely have to have, especially a defensive back. Now, what you would want is size 
and length, but I'm not necessarily sure that that's what you want to do because you could roll that over into the next recruiting cycle. And for the folks that don't understand or don't get the, the early signing day and the over signing or the 25, 25 is basically the limit, but look at it as a, as a salary cap, which means that if you had slots that went unused in the previous year, you can roll over early enrollees into the next year. So you can see guys like, or guys, you can see programs like Michigan that might sign like 27 or even Alabama. Or you might see a program that only chooses to sign like 19 or even 21 because there's nobody out there that they really absolutely have to have in this recruiting cycle. Mm -hmm. And they might already have their eyes on somebody they just must get for an early enrollee in the next recruiting cycle. So don't get bent out of shape because you see Alabama has however many recruits. I think they're up to like 27, actually. I got to check on that right quick since we're talking about it. But I I think it's 28, actually. Right, and and, uh, 28 commits, right? And then you're looking at A&M, who has 25, and you're looking at Clemson, who has 27, Michigan has 27, and so forth. So don't get a bit out of shape because you think that they're oversigning. That's not exactly what's happening. It does happen. It's a thing that still does occur. But there are contingencies in place that allow for these things. Yeah, I mean, they there's things that I think process it. They, they built this whole new rule about 25, whatnot, on the grounds of – you know, trying to stop Alabama from processing so much. And it really was the Nick Saban rule. Um, but, you know, they found another loophole and they're using it and they're going to sign as much as they can. And Alabama's going to continue to roll. I don't think there's any stopping that train right now. Yeah. And, and it's what I, <clears throat> what I've noticed is, and this is how much Nick Saban has earned a reputation in recruiting. You'll know that Lincoln Riley, again, didn't have a defensive coordinator, but did a bunch of in-home visits during the period. And what you saw was everybody liked hearing from him, everybody liked speaking to him, and he won a lot of battles that I don't think that you would have won if you weren't the head coach at Oklahoma. That said, the fact that Nick Saban can pick and choose his in-homes, like he does not have to hit up everybody, even the kids that he might need to hit up, and that he's judicious about who he goes to meet with is mind-boggling to me. That's how far ahead he is in recruiting is he's got guys on his staff and he revamped it after last year because they they didn't have a, a top four class. They didn't have a top, I think they may have finished fifth or sixth. I got to look. But mm-hmm. he went and got guys, one in particular out of A&M, to help him recruit better in Texas and he ends up with Marcus Banks on signing day. So just knowing that you're that far behind Nick Saban is also just tremendous to me because there are a lot of good recruiters out there, not the least of which is Lincoln Riley, and that dude needs to make, take his in-home visit, and Nick Saban can do phone calls. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's just, that's boggling my mind because I, I, that used to be just a given that the head coach would, would visit you for the in-home in December. Yeah, I, uh, Nick Saban's, he goes by his own role. He can do what he wants, but when if you won six I think it's six national titles. You can do what you want. Yeah, man. he's he's up for seven, which means that Nick Saban yeah. could win as many national titles in this century as Oklahoma has won in the entire existence of the program. Well, That's the NCAA recognizes, I think, like nineteen. No, well, no, 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 no. I mean, just just follow me there. Follow me there. But just, I'm just trying to give Nick yeah, Saban unanimous. Yeah, credit, no, I see what you're saying. Right, because since 2003, six. Right, because he's that LSU team is his, and people forget that. So I'm just trying to say that. Nick Saban isn't just ruling college football. He's one of the best coaches in any sport at any at at any time. Period. If you make you the know, greatest coaches list of all time, he has to be on it. Yeah, it's he, he, he I think he's without question the greatest coach in college football history. And I just I just found that to be so humbling. And that's also nice because that's what you're chasing, right? And and it's yep. one thing to be on top. I understand that. And I know that that's a good feeling. And I know that a lot of folks want Oklahoma to get there. But just be reverent of what you're chasing. And I think you're seeing it in Lincoln. Lincoln masterminded basically since OU Texas what he's going to do and how he's going to do it. And even when things started to fall through with like the R.J. Henderson decommitment, which we could get into, but um, I know that we both – you and I have some news we haven't put out there, but we we could talk about it a little bit in him committing to Florida. But you lost yeah. him. You lost Jacoby Jones in November. And then the fact that you could close the way that you closed 
before early signing day on early signing day with two safety prospects you picked up on the day of. And then you got one A or one B, depending on who you are, your defensive coordinator that you wanted. And then you got your extension. And now you're setting up and looking nice and pretty to really win, uh, win out with a top five recruiting class if you yep. can just stay the course. And I just, that is the kind of reverence that Lincoln Riley has for what Nick Saban has done because you just have to be that good now. You have to be able to think months out in advance and put this all together, if not on a napkin in your head, and watch it all play out. Yeah, no, I, you can tell that 100% that Lincoln Riley wants to be Nick Saban when Nick Saban's done. Like, he wants to be that guy. He wants Oklahoma to be that program that is just unfreaking stoppable. And he's building it. I mean, he is. The recruiting that he's done has been next level. If you go back and you look at the 2015, from about 2011 to 2015, it was awful. Like, and I'm not saying, like, awful. Like, Oklahoma was still pulling top 15 classes, but, like, when you start talking top 15, yeah, that's great. When you start talk, start, start talking top 10, that's awesome. When you start talking about what Oklahoma's done the past three years, that's amazing. When it comes to recruiting, well, I mean, you and made that's a quantum leap, right? To get to. You made a quantum leap from I think it was like fourteen yes. in in uh, fourteen and seventeen, and then eight in twenty eighteen, and now you're looking at four. Was it four? No, I thought it was, it was top ten in in was it twenty seventeen? Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, it was like nine. They did nine, okay. then it was like six last year, and okay. now they've done like they're like four or three, depending on what you what you go by. So they're 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 moving up every year. So he's making the move. He is doing everything he can to make sure the talent's there at the University of Oklahoma for them to make that push to be Alabama when Alabama's dynasty's over. Because dynasty's end. So, and who's going to be that team that takes over when that happens? And Lincoln Riley wants it to be Oklahoma, and then he wants to be up there for a long time. Okay, so to correct myself right quick, you had you had 9 and 8, respectively, in 2017 <clears throat> and 2018. And then in 2016 which you could make an argument was... Yeah, it was like 15 or 16. It was 19, it? right? Okay. And that was that was when you, people started to ask were the wheels coming off of the recruiting wagon for mm-hmm. Oklahoma, and then you were able to get back into the top 10 following that, and you've made top 10 finishes, and you're going to have a top 10 finished class. In, that was uh, the first year, yeah. That was the first year Riley was right, there, right. Simmons and all those guys. So you could tell you could tell the recruiting was getting better, but... It was like everybody – and, and that was like their calling card was just wait for next year, just wait for next year, just wait for next year. And what really turned the tide for Oklahoma <clears throat> was when Levi Draper in December of 2016 flipped from Oklahoma State to Oklahoma, and then it just took off after that because he was the leader of that 2017 class. I don't think that was any question of that because the second that happened, his parents – got on board then the broils got on board and the second the broils and the drapers started recruiting other people and other parents it was like just rocket fire with that 27 charismatic class. families charismatic yep. parents charismatic kids i want to haven't program hasn't turned back since i wanted to 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 talk a bit more about recruiting in particular with Jaden hazelwood just breaking down what that is what we know uh, but also just tip a cap to dennis simmons right quick because I follow the recruiter yeah. rankings unlike a lot of folks I think do because I just think they're interesting because I'm real interested in knowing who the best guys are at selling their programs. And for a long time, Kale Gundy was at the top of the list throughout the 2018 uh, year in the 2019 cycle. And he's been replaced by Dennis Simmons at number two. Now, Dennis Simmons is basically responsible for, I think it's six commits to this class according to 24-7's uh, recruiting database, but when you're looking at the wide receiver group, Jaden Hazelwood, Theo Weiss, Trajan Bridges, my my God, like of those three, <laughs> just those three, just those three. And then you were the primary on C.D. Lamb, right? And yep. you were the secondary on guys like Woody Washington and T.J. Pledger. And you were the secondary on guys like Grant Calcaterra and Ryan Jones and Hollywood Brown and, and Sutton. I mean, we keep going here, but just – I think dude is having a moment right now, and I think we need to say that because you basically well, he was got primary on Hollywood. I can I, I know that for a fact, and well, he was primary on Rambo, and he was primary on um, uh, D.D. Westbrook. Right. So you're talking about depending on whose recruiting rankings you're going off of, three five stars at wide receiver, 
and the top two wide receivers in the class. Mm-hmm. Come and on, three, man. Three of the top five. Good crazy. God, man. Like, that's the, the, the question now, and I got to bring it up because I think I would not be doing my job if I wasn't, is you look at the 2019 class, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, and you're going, you have to create a chemistry and a family among those kids right now, right away. Because that can fall apart in a hurry. Because those are all dudes that are used to getting the ball early, often, and all the time. And yet, you're going to not only have to tell them that they're going to take a step back in that regard to, for to a degree, but they got to earn it all over again. Now, I know that they have said, and I, I believe them, hey, this is what we wanted, and we're going to make it work. And but, all three are early enrollees, too. Right. And if you're just you're just thinking about it, you're going, there's not enough footballs. Uh, I, yeah, and I, well, no, there's enough. Like, if you look at it, like, so if you go look at the stats um, for uh, Oklahoma last year, Hollywood could have had 2,000 yards receiving had he not been injured in three games, basically four games, counting the national, counting the, counting the national semifinals. So um, you had that. Then you got CeeDee Lamb with 1,000. Then you got everything that Calcaterra, Rambo, um, then you had A.D. Miller. Who are the other guys that were catching? Miles Tease, like all those guys. So instead of them rotating all those guys in and out, you're going to you're gonna have a rotation of Calcaterra, probably um, oh, the tight end out of Arlington. Oh, my God, I just went blank. Uh, freshman. Lee Morris. Oh, out of well, Arlington. You're going to have Lee Morris. Yeah. yeah, you'll have Lee Morris, then you'll have uh, the freshman. Out of Arlington, that I just went blank, man. He blocked two punts this year, and I just went blank. Eighty-one. Oh my goodness. Not, not, not. No, eighty more. Eighty-four is Lee Morris. Um, uh, not Saltarella. Uh, Braden Willis. Excuse me. Braden Willis. Braden Willis. Then you'll have Rambo. So outside of those guys, you're basically gonna have Weiss or and Lamb. I mean, and you're gonna have Weiss, uh, Bridges, and Hazelwood. And that's going to be your rotation. Uh, those are the, like the seven, eight guys, right, that are going to be rotating in and out. So who is going to be the winner out of all this? If you were to guess, like, out of those three receivers, who's who won the jackpot when Hazelwood committed to Oklahoma? Who won the jackpot? Yes, as far as getting touches. Uh, Trajan Bridges. I, I don't mm. And this is why. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Because he's gonna play inside. He, yes. Yeah. He's moving inside. He's going That's to be why, on a okay, nickel, so, a linebacker, and a safety, and he's going to abuse those well, guys. Well, okay. So I get like that just made sense to me, especially just looking at his build and the, and the build of the guys that usually play on the outside. But also, when you're talking about the guy that plays in the slot in this <laughs> offense, you're he's going to be up against the tight ends, and that's why. Yeah. I'm not necessarily sold on that because matchups, nightmares are awesome. But Grant Calcaterra is playing the slot because he's enormous. Lee Morris is playing in the mm-hmm. slot because he's enormous. And they were going more toward a big wide receiver set. Well, later I mean, in he'll the play year. opposite, like four wide sets. He'll be the slot on the opposite side of the tight end. Right. Out. And I guess that is that is an argument for him getting uh, lots of touches. But, again, oh, yeah. I think it's going to be built around what Austin Kendall can do. And if he can throw a good deep ball, then – Or Mr. Donut. I t- Think about it. Think about what I just said there. I heard you. I heard you. <laughs> I heard you. And I'm. I'm hey, people. Going... People are gonna be like, "Wait, donut." donut. Right. And I'm Y'all just. Go I'm ahead. not go touching it. Think about that. Y'all go ahead and think about that, and see what that. See if you can come out with Mr. Donut is. If you live in Norman, you know what I'm talking about. So. Or off Twenty Third Street. So, that said. <laughs> that said. Um. I wanted to just finish out the pod talking a bit about the national title game, what we see, what we can take away. Um, I think we've been saying for years that Nick Saban is the greatest of all time or one of the greatest yep. of all time. I oh, think he he's is. the greatest um, of all time. I think yes, he's the best college question. football coach who ever lived. Um, fight Without me. question. But also, Dabo Sweeney has an opportunity to make his claim for his legacy because I think this is the part that gets missed about this matchup and this this not even rivalry that people already say that they hate. I it's not a rivalry. I mean, they've ended no, up in the college football championship uh, the, for the national title game three times now, right? That doesn't make a rivalry. It just makes them the best two teams in the game, and they're gonna hit up against each other. But 
Who is Clemson? Like, Alabama has tradition. Alabama has the bear. Alabama has, it puts players into the league. Clemson was all of nothing before Dabo took it over. And even then, he took it over on an interim basis, and nobody was sure he's going to keep the job because they got housed by 70 to West Virginia. And then all of a sudden, with recruiting and Dabo Sweeney just being that dude that can walk into your living room and come out with your five-star kid, you turned Clemson, South Carolina, into a world beater in a state run by the Gamecocks around North Carolina, around Florida State, Georgia, Alabama, Florida. I mean, what he's done to get Clemson to this level rivals what Nick Saban's been doing just because he does not have the apparatus that Saban has had. And I just think that that's bonkers that people don't want to tip their hat more to Dabo Sweeney and what he's built. I mean, from Taj Boyd to Deshaun Watson to the move to Trevor Lawrence away from Kelly Bryant after Spiller. Kelly Bryant got you there. Yeah, I mean, just to the defense, to stealing Venables away, to making him a very happy guy in the way that... Check this out, man. He has a guy that doesn't even think about interviewing for jobs. That's mm -hmm. not... Not even Nick Saban can do that. He's got a guy, a defense coordinator, who is so happy that he yeah. doesn't even entertain gigs. $2.3 million will do that to you. Sure, okay, but, but, but it's... Come on, man. Head coaches, football coaches, want to mm -hmm. for the most part want their own show. They but, want to be the top they? dog. They want to be I the mean, CEO. Look at Kel Zundi, Look at Dennis Simmons. Do they? Do they want? Do they want their own show? Like I, those I, guys seem pretty content. At to, I'm gonna throw this out there just on my own knowledge. All right, this is not source. This is just me, RJ, talking about being a grown man and working for a living. If I am Kale Gundy or Dennis Simmons or any other Bill Beatonbow, well-to-do, qualified mm. position coach, uh, co-offensive coordinator, co-defensive coordinator, what have you. I source out? <laughs> right. Uh, I, RJ, you offered me the opportunity to be the head coach at Arizona, the head coach at UCLA, the head coach at – and I'm throwing, you know, major programs out there but not Blue Bloods. I'm, I'm making it this – I'm making this a, a really achievable thing. Like, I don't know, Minnesota. Right, so uh, Iowa. If Kirk Ferentz ever decided to leave, you think about it. You would think long and hard about it. Uh, I think you would. I think that your I think your wife would okay, come to you and say, "Are we really going to turn down an opportunity to run the show for for three, four million a year? Are we going to do that?" And you might say, but, "Yeah," that you might say that. But I am saying that it is bonkers to me that Brent Venables is in a place where it's not even thought about. It's not even thought about. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that anybody else would have would have had family or had somebody close to them says like what John Calipari did to Josh Pastor and I understand I'm going to a different sport here but follow me. Mm -hmm. John Calipari was the head coach at Memphis took the job at Kentucky. Josh Pastner wanted to follow him to Kentucky. They offered Josh Pastner the job at Memphis and he said no coach I want to stay with you and Calipari said you're fired. Now go take the job dummy. Like I, I just I I <laughs> I figure that's the kind of thing that I don't think Lincoln Riley's that he's not John Calipari, right? And I'm not making that no. comparison. I am saying that I think that those dudes, for the most part, and not just the guys at Oklahoma, everywhere for that matter, are gonna get told, "Yo, man, it's time for you." Like I got a I got an interview coming out uh, later this week with Mike Leach, where I talked with him at length about Alex Grinch, and I was asking him, you know, what did you what convinced you that Grinch was ready for this job? And he said it was time for him. You know, I I'd, I'd known about his background, I'd seen him come up. We, I mean, you know, just like we watch everybody else. And he's like, it was time for that dude to have this opportunity. Now, if you're Mike Leach, you have some leverage that a lot of folks don't have, which is that you're Mike Leach. But I think that that's a thing that happens in college football. I think folks tell other guys, hey, man, it's time for you to go fly. Go fly. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that. Um, just I think there's certain circumstances where <clears throat> people do get content, though. And I don't say, like, content as, like, they're not going to try at their job. They're not going to be the best that they possibly can at their job. When I say content, I'm talking, like, they feel at home and at peace where they're at. And they feel like they can make that place their own, even if it's a position coach. And I think that's where Gundy's at for the most part. And I think that's where uh, Simmons is at. I mean, for Simmons is so close to Riley. And people, a lot of people don't know this. Like, he's so close to Riley. Like I think Riley's his godparent. Well, I would to the kids. I would expect, so I mean, I would, I would expect. I mean, I get what you're saying. I get you're making a deeper connection here, but I just want to throw out there: if you're not close with your position coaches, I don't trust you. Uh, well, th that's a good point. So I, 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 go, I know you're yeah. making a deeper 
I know you're making a deeper deeper bond there, a deeper relationship. I'm just saying that for, for folks listening that aren't as into the weeds as you and I are on these topics, if you ever hear about a position coach who's not close with the head coach in some way, you should expect that dude to get fired. I'm just saying. Because that, that yeah, they're, they, they are brothers. They That's the way they have to operate. Which is why, getting back to your topic about uh, Brian Odom, that's still a very big deal. Even even yeah, not getting I mean, offered the job. Yeah, no, I, it, it, it is. Because Grinch and Odom are very close. I mean, from everything that I've gathered, like super close, all the way to, I think Bill Biedenboe's wife is very close to Odom and Grinch's wife. So, I mean, the connection is there. The hire makes complete sense. It just has to work out in a lot of ways. Just logistically, it has to work out for Odom to feel that he needs to make that move. And that may mean Oklahoma has to throw some change at him that, you know, maybe they didn't foresee that they were going to have to do. And that may be why nothing has been offered yet because they can't really come to terms of how this is going to work out just yet. Oh, no doubt. Now, uh, so I mean, I, I was just going to add there that uh, kudos to Bill Haston who got this get before we could get it. Uh, Alex Grinch has been offered or is going to sign for reportedly between $1.3 and $1.5 million. Uh, we as, put that on the board. Well, uh, just just saying. But yeah, no, no, he, he did he did he report that? Like, confirm? Like, right. It's a story in the world. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He had that. He had that yesterday, I want to say, which would be Saturday. Uh, we're recording this on a Sunday evening for those of you that are oh, listening to it. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, well, I'm just Bill's a man, so that's no. I, I love Bill. It. I love Bill. Yep. I'm, I'm putting that out there to say, you you spent a lot of money on your coordinator, and yeah. we knew that they were going to spend a lot of money on their coordinator because that was that was part of the, that's part of this whole deal with Lincoln was saying, hey, I need you to open the purse strings a bit, uh, or open the purses a bit. I hate when people mess up sayings and phrases. You got to get a <laughs> kick in the arm. You got to get a sh- a shot to the foot. I, I hate that. Anyway. You're going to need to loosen up the purse strings and go get help me get some good guys here that I trust, right, that I want, that I know will mm-hmm. do the job. And maybe, maybe Josie's like, you know, we're spending a lot of money on the coordinator. Make it work with the position coaches. And I think he's going to to a degree because both of us uh, have reporting that says Calvin Thibodeau is, is staying put. We both have. Yeah, re- that, that's, what, that's, that's the plan right now. I <laughs> I always say that can change because that that really could change. Like, sure, but I, could, I, Grinch could decide. You know what? I don't think that he fits what I what I really want. I'm going to go out and get this guy. And I'm sure instead. that we'll be talking about this a bit differently after National Signing Day because that used to be the day for which you could expect wholesale position coach changes when you got all your kids signed and 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 basically on campus or heading toward campus. So yes, but as of today on Sunday, January sixth. We're pretty confident, uh, you know, and like you said, stuff can change, that there will be some changes, as there already have been with Tim Kiss retiring, on the defensive staff. But wholesale changes, like wiping out the whole staff, <clears throat> I'm not necessarily— No, it sounds like they're going to keep one Right, sure. right, right. That's what <laughs> I'm that's getting it. at. I mean, and I, I just really find it hard for him to just completely throw Ruffin out into the wolves because Ruffin got him his first— Offensive coordinator Ruffin really moved him up into the ranks at Texas Tech before they went to ECU, and he moved him up to offensive coordinator there and gave him his first show. So there's a lot of love and respect between those two. Obviously, Ruffin is a mentor to Lincoln Riley, and I don't know that I could ever see Lincoln Riley completely throwing him out. Now, he may demote him a little bit and just say, look, man, your health isn't there like you've got some struggles you can't go out and recruit the way that you need to do so we're going to put you here that way you still have a job you're still getting a paycheck and you're still helping the program and me specifically as a person at this job I can always lean on you because I want you around so uh, I think that will probably be the easiest way for him to do that and that's how I probably see it happening more than him being move back to the linebacker's position because I don't, you know, Ruffin has an old, his own golf cart specifically for him on campus, like to get him to and from places because he's had surgeries on the heart. And I mean, the guy's had some problems. So um, I think that's the best move for him health wise and 
also for the program as well because you get you get to keep them around and help recruit in that situation as well right right and i think i think we should leave it there um okay. this, this is uh young and drum i am yeah. rj young that's brandon drum we're trying to do you insider.com weekly uh, but we've been putting them out over, you know, because stuff happens like hire Alex Grinch and then all American bowl and Brandon's at the coaches convention. And we are basically trying to run down who is doing what both recruiting wise and with the coaches while getting set for junior day, which is mm-hmm. on the horizon and January 26th and then in February 26th. And we're putting together that list as we go. So you'll also want to be on OUinsider.com because that's not the kind of stuff that we put out in the public domain. So, if you haven't subscribed, perhaps you should just spend the eight bucks a month to go get your membership. It's McDonald's Happy Meal, man, for real. That's all it is. All right. One Happy Meal. That's going to do it for us. Deuces. See you.